Hello and welcome to season two of Something Rotten. We are playing Kane and Lynch Two Dog Days. We've gotten to the better half of this season. My name is Jacob Geller. I am here with Blake Hester. Blake, how are you? I'm great, Jacob. Thanks for asking. I'm very excited today. I assume you are too, because we both, uh, I would say, slogged through Kane and Lynch One Dead Men. It was a game that neither of us sure. enjoyed playing in any respect, uh, and and through that whole process. I know we were kind of edging you. We were like, you just wait. You were you just wait. Cause, you yeah, were we were edging me? you. <laughs> because yeah. because Dog Days, I had already talked up in my video. And I know that, that you know, you, you have read enough about, I think, to probably be excited about it. And every time we said, oh, this is bad in Kane and Lynch Dead Men, I would say, and in Dog Days, you know what? We'll get to it. And then we would we would right. call it off there. And so now we're finally there, and we can start talking about it. And you told me that you had a take. Well, before we get into this, I would like to talk about the unexpected theme of the Something Rotten podcast. Of course, this podcast's thesis is exploring games with gritty, violent, nihilistic tones to them. But the unexpected theme would be Blake's descent into madness with old video games. Now, this this first reared its head during Max Paint 3, where I constantly talked about the issues I had with my PS3 controller, and then reared their head again in Kane and Lynch Deadman, uh, so much so that I gave up on playing and decided to just watch the game. Uh, Kane and Lynch 2. Let me tell you what I did with this motherfucking game. I bought this game on Xbox One. It's Xbox 360 backwards compatible. Um... Played a bit of it. Played maybe 30 minutes of it. I was like, that's cool. Sat it down. Came back to it yesterday to play more of it. Only to find the most baffling of my technical issues to date with this game. And that is the Xbox One has deleted this game out of existence. And is now asking me to pay $15 again for it. Which, truly, an absolute robbery in the year 2020. <laughs> the year of our lord. So uh, I had to buy it on Steam. Restart the entire game mercifully short um and play it but i did just want to call out that uh no episode of something rotten can go on without me having some baffling issue uh yeah i do have a take though i well, first i just want to ask you uh do you believe that game consoles can have souls and do you I, think it's possible that your xbox okay. one is rebelling against you in this moment okay so this was I, I was baffled by this. I've never had this happen before. I've I've had things go awry where maybe a game is deleted from a console, but never deleted to the point that I have to rebuy the game. So I posted in <clears throat> some of the slacks and discords I'm in about this and did manage to track down one other person who has had this issue. So it doesn't seem to be exclusive to me. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Okay, so... Should we? I guess I don't want to build up this take too much, but at the same time, I kind of, kind of do. Should we jump into it now, or should we start talking about the game and and uh, you know, kind of do some place well, setting before you get into it? Let's place set because I think it is uh, focused around the aesthetic of this game, which I think we could establish a little bit for any listeners who might not be playing along. Sure. So here's here's something. Maybe before we even get into the game itself, let's talk about like the the kind of marketing deal of this game and the and the presentation because I think you'd agree 
that this game has some cool ass trailers. Oh, dude, there's one. I don't believe it's an engine. In fact, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's not. It's definitely it's a, not. Yeah, yeah, a CG trailer where uh, a handy cam is just running behind Kane and Lynch through the streets of Shanghai as they get in just oh so many gunfights that is maybe one of the cooler trailers i've ever seen for a video game i was so so into it yeah the marketing around this game is awesome the promotional images for this game are gross and hideous and unflattering just from like a i don't know photographic standpoint they're all blown out with ugly light it is amazing i love it so much it's yeah it's it's cool to see what what the marketing says to me is that like they kind of got this game you know in a way that maybe the first one was so personality less that i don't even know what trailer i could have seen that i would have felt like actually (laughs) summed up the game that they were selling but in this you know it really feels like marketing was on the the same wavelength as the actual like you know designers and artists for the game and what you get are these gross violent ugly trailers that are not shot to be cool in any way you know that that they're just like they are as kind of funky looking as the uh as the game itself now you just put something in discord uh, yeah, I, I, this is from the game's Wikipedia. I, I didn't look up the source, but uh, the art director, Rasmus Polson? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. Oh, that I right. think I actually know where this is from, but go ahead. On, okay, on uh, he called this game an anti-game, which I found very interesting because on every conceivable, conceivable wavelength, this game is not pleasant to look at, which is basically what all AAA games strive for since the beginning of history is to just be pretty on the eyes. Usually that means shooting for some level of photorealism. And I guess that's here in some sense, but this game does not want you to enjoy looking at any part of it, which I find very fascinating. Yeah. I believe this is uh, from a GDC talk that he did, which I watched some of and was, was very cool. Um, Yeah. But it's, so so let's let's get into the game proper, or at least when you start the game, you get a couple, uh, before you even kind of hit start, you get like a weird CGI, like sizzle reel, kind of like some games do, and, and it is also incredibly ugly. Uh, if you saw the trailer for the podcast that we put up uh, with, with the kind of like, I don't know, funky song mixed with gunshots that I know Blake is very proud of remixing. Uh, A lot of that footage... Sorry, very, very good mix. It was a great mix. A lot of that footage was from this, like, sizzle reel, and I used a lot of it uh, in my my video on Caden Lynch. And and so it just kind of, like, bombards you with that. And then after that, there's this thing that I really love, which is the start screen of this game is just, like, kind of a there are several of them and it's just like a video camera pointed out a window or like you know in, in a moving car or something and it's it's so yeah. not picturesque again you know it's like there's nothing cool happening out the window it's not like it's like pointed at an exciting thing it's just mm-hmm. like it it feels like you were just dropped into somewhere and and kind of like are, are almost voyeuristically looking at the city they are no lie, probably my favorite part of this game. I love the menu. They're very quiet. 
they're almost serene or eerie. I don't know. They dance so they dance that line a bit. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love them. I get stoked to load up the game because there's there's several of them that I don't think I've seen them all because I think every time I've loaded it's been a different one. Yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe they're tied to missions in some way. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, it's possible. Yeah, but also you know the, like the catch is like this game is three hours long and I'm pretty sure I played it in like two sittings and so I'm yeah. sure there are a bunch of them that I haven't seen still. They are very very cool. I'm a sucker for menu good menu screens i won't go to bat for anything beyond the start menu and heavy rain but had a great title screen um same with after party and this game i genuinely fucking love those because they're they are such an interesting um contrast to what lies beyond them which is very very harsh and these are you know very not harsh yeah, they're they're chill. And and then when you start the game, there is this one of the I guess there are more cutscenes in the game, but this this kind of feels unique when you start it where it's like Kane pulls up in a taxi and he's he's in Shanghai uh, and he meets Lynch and they do this thing that I love which is like awkward small talk between middle-aged men. Yeah, well, <laughs> you skipped that this game opens with a goddamn torture scene. Oh, th- oh my god, that's right. How could I forget? Okay, so it starts with a torture, torture scene. scene. This shit, it just opens, and it's kind of out of focus. You can't exactly tell what's going on. You're, like, looking through the, what are those called? The old camcorders had them. You flipped them out, and you could see Yeah, what like you're the shooting. screen. Yeah. yeah, you're, like, seeing that before you see Kane and Lynch. And you're like, what is going on here? And then it shows, and they are being sliced with presumably a, a box cutter. No, actually, they show the, it's, I think it's actually a butcher knife. They show it later in the game. Uh, they are just being sliced open, butt-ass naked. It is, I mean, honestly, there are plenty of torture scenes in games, and uh, plenty of people have their opinions on them. But the goddamn unmitigated gall of IO Interactive to open a game with a torture scene like this is wild. Like, yeah, it's it's big time gross. I mean, like, yeah. I think one of the things that adds, which is, you know, I'm sure that kind of people who, who make these sort of things know, is the sound design is is just as important as as, you know, whatever the visuals are. And in this, it's just like... Just grown men screaming in this way that, like, I feel like you don't hear that often, you know? And Just then like... cu- cutting to silence intermittently, which is um, very unsettling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes everything, like, stand out more, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you're crashing into sound and then crashing into silence. Yeah. Uh, and it's... It's it's weird and it's gross and as I I pointed out in in my video there's this thing where it's like it opens on that shot of a camcorder but that shot is also being filmed you know it's like even the video of the camcorder you're watching is like shaky and it's clear that like someone is holding another camera and so it mm-hmm. introduces this like bizarre disconnected aesthetic of this game where it's like wait we're already looking at a camera so who's filming the camera um and spoilers you don't really get an answer to that but it's like it's so unsettling on so many levels how this just like smashes into this and then smash cuts 
to a gross, dreary shot of Shanghai. Oh, and it, it's almost like if this game wasn't going for this aesthetic, it, that would have been edited out. Like it's not a good transition into the next scene. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into that conversation you're talking about, which I just love. Kane either ignores or misses that Lynch is trying to shake his hand when he shows up. Yeah. And then they start walking before you're given control. And I don't know if I've ever seen this in a game because games are constantly bombarding you with information. Even when characters are talking to each other, they have a really awkward silence between the two where you can tell they don't actually know each other that well and they're trying to make conversation. And it's like a brilliant little touch that sells these characters really well. You're like, oh yeah, they did all that fucked up shit, but they don't like hang out. And so now that they're trying to talk to each other, they don't know exactly what to talk about. Yeah, it's I it's that thing where we were we were talking the whole kind of first part of the season about like just give us anything. You know, just just kind of like yeah. give us something to hold on to with these characters. And now in the first five minutes of this game you have all the shit that you wanted from the previous one at least for me which is like not a deep and meaningful relationship but just a very specific relationship where it's like yeah these guys presumably have stopped each other from dying before but i would also bet that like neither knows where the other grew up you know it's like they just like they don't ask each other personal questions and so when the game starts and they're in a situation where they're like not shooting people which is uh something that neither of them are used to really you can tell that they just don't know how to act (laughs) it's like it's yeah you know lynch is like uh is your daughter okay and kane's like yeah she's fine whatever (laughs) like they just don't yeah Compared to a game I played recently, or a couple of games I played recently, like Final Fantasy VII and Ghost of Tsushima, where characters don't shut the hell up, which I think is a problem in video games, this game is, like, willing to just, like, linger on quiet moments like that. It's it's a beautiful little touch in such an ugly little game. Yeah, so I, I it, it, starts, it starts really strongly, and then... And then shit goes off the rails pretty much immediately, which is like you walk down this hallway and it's it's not totally clear why Kane and here is here. So it's like Lynch has been living in Shanghai and has been like doing stuff and he has has kind of asked Kane to come here to just like help him with a job, but I think he's he's promised that it like wouldn't be a violent job, you know, that it was just like, "Hey, come here and just do something with me." And I'm not totally sure what that is, um, but all shit goes off the rails almost immediately. And within the first, you know, minute and a half of controlling the game, you're just chasing a dude. And this game, uh, there's there's a lot of accessibility work done for motion sick modes in games to stop people who get motion sick i haven't checked to see if this game has one but holy shit it is not afraid to disorient you when you hit that sprint button it is i mean like literally obviously because of the whole camera setup it looks like someone running with a imagine holding your cell phone and sprinting and trying to follow someone and that's what this fucking camera looks like it is 
bonkers. It's genuinely one of the most memorable moments I've had playing a game in the past few years is just hitting the sprint button and being like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it's such a big change. I would probably, like, sell the moments a little better for myself if I sprinted more in this game, but I just can't. It's it's too much. <laughs> I'm constantly running into walls and not being able to get around the corners I need to, so Kane just, like, slowly goes through the moments. Yeah, if you, read, if you read reviews of this game, many of them mention you know genuine motion sickness and these are these are people who you know play video games professionally it's not like they've never seen a third person shooter before but this is like it's really trying for this um and yeah i guess we should say you're playing as lynch this time uh instead of kane who is by far the more interesting character so it's fun to be playing him yeah, and this game seems to know it. Kane is, like, in the backseat this entire time. He is almost the pawn to everyone else, kind of how Lynch was to the Seven in the other mm-hmm. game. Like, Kane is just kind of the whipping boy in this game. Yeah, he's there to be like, oh, what's this now? Like, <laughs> he just kind of complains about everything. I do want to I do wanna interject to say, uh, very quickly in this game, as we've established, you are sprinting around, getting into gunfights, uh game feels like shit like i i was hoping i mean okay not on the level of kane and lynch one but that's more like just technical issues but the game just from like a moving around shooting perspective i think feels pretty bad like luckily bullets hit people if you're aiming at them that's like pretty cool glad this game fixed that but I do not enjoy, and not even in a way that, like, I think it sells the characters or anything. Like, it just feels bad to play, and I've played it on Xbox and PC now, and both feel oh, very that's, bad That's a shame. I mean, I feel like it. it is entirely possible that it's just because I played these games back-to-back that I, yeah. you know, came away with a more favorable comparison. I think I was just so happy with how the shooting felt um, mm. Because it does feel both more accurate and also more engaging. You know, the guns sound better and they, it, you know, enemies kind of react when they get hit. And so, like, th- for me, I was I was so pleased to see that that it didn't mm. even, you know, I didn't even notice it playing that poorly. But also, I like the way that Max Payne 3 feels. So, like, yeah. I think we just have different, <laughs> different standards sometimes for character sure. control. I uh, I will say at the top, almost everything about this game I have enjoyed. I just think playing it feels bad. But, like, I'm enjoying everything else enough that I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to keep going. Hey, anti-game, baby. That's what it is. Sure. Um, so so you, chase, you chase both this dude and a woman in her underwear um, through kind of through the streets and over roofs and and something that I really love that a couple games have done this and I think it's fun every time is like when you you basically crash through someone's apartment and oh, they're just like a yes. bunch of people sitting in there and oh. they're all like what the fuck's happening and you just like I was, sprint through shout out to game informer I was watching um, their sleeping dogs replay last night which just coincidentally is set in Hong Kong, so also set in China. Right. Um, and that game does the same thing. And when this game did it, I was like, that rules. Like, the look on those characters' faces is so good. It's it's so good, and it's such a good way of establishing 
that you're in a place where people live. You know, that in the first yeah. game, I was like, there is not a single person who lives in this entire world. You know, these are just kind of like these gross white boxes where I'm supposed to kill people. And here, in the first couple minutes, you're going through populated areas, and, and they're, like, gross. You know, the apartments aren't yeah. nice, but it's like, there are people doing stuff here, and that immediately makes it feel more like you're an intruder in the space, and more like you guys are just fuck-ups who are, like, you know, kind of bowling through people's lives. Uh, it's a it's a really cool and interesting move. Modern-day Hong Kong already is... Or, sorry, Shanghai. Is a uh, unique setting. And this game sells it really well as it, an actual place. I mean, granted, you're seeing the dirty parts of Shanghai. You know, this game does not want to sell this as a glamorous place that these characters inhabit. I'm not saying the game is saying all of Shanghai is a horrible place, but you are in a, you know, you're in a pretty rough area, gang controlled as Lynch establishes early on. But they do a really good job of packing basically the entire screen with visual information about what this neighborhood you're in is. Yeah, you can tell they did um you know, they, th there's, there's a great, uh, heterotopious interview with maybe even the, uh, the art director, Rasmus, who we quoted earlier, um, who talked about kind of them visiting Shanghai and taking lots of pictures and just this idea that he, he calls kind of like the city turned inside out, you know, that you're seeing yeah. kind of like the, the outside edges and the corners that like, especially as a tourist, you're never supposed to see, you know, you're not supposed yeah. to go down these alleys. You're not supposed to see these like hundred shopping carts that are just like in a corner for some reason. And, and instead the game is like centering all of that. And, and it makes it feel, you know, lots of games are gritty and that's kind of, kind of the, the basis by which we're choosing games to do in this series. But what I love about this is, is how specific it feels you know, it's not like they mm -hmm. built a place and then just put, like, a dirt filter over it or whatever. Like, they really kind of figured out the specific ways that this place is dirty and then yeah. went with that. A cool thing I read about the making of this game, specifically with the location trips to Shanghai, was they filmed the city with a, like, camcorder. Oh, that's cool. To nail not only the look, I probably have a camcorder shaking around, but to know what that city would look like shot that way. And the game, mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's it's impressive that the game has that camera system. I don't, like, I don't have anything else to compare it to, but it's an impressive camera system they have in that game, in the cutscenes and the gameplay. Like, they really commit to that thing. Yeah, it just kind of feels like... They they really kind of turned every effect up to 11. You know, it's like, oh, there might be a little lens flare. No, it's going to take over the whole screen. And like, oh, oh you heaven know, there might for, be like... <laughs> heaven forbid an explosion goes off in this game. Oh, my it God. It is dude. blinding and deafening. Again, I think the audio is really strong that it also mm -hmm. sounds like it's coming through these shitty speakers that might be attached to this kind of camcorder and so any loud noises like blow it out and and things are constantly kind of peaking um 
And it's, yeah, it is, I mean, it's just like, it's impossible to avoid. It is so aggressive that there's no way, like, I feel like anyone who gets through the game, if you ask them about it, one of the first things they're going to talk about is just this camera and this aesthetic. Um, Positively and negatively, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's gross, but it's like, you just can't avoid it. Um, yeah. So now, now let me hear what what your what your take on the aesthetic is. Uh, so, I, I bear with me here. I often wrestle with uh, whether a game doing something, whether when when people praise a certain aspect of a game, I often wonder if it's an example of being genuinely good at that thing, or if it's good as a game doing that thing an example being the last of us as a revenge story uh as a game it's an amazing revenge story compared to other revenge stories probably pretty weak and i was thinking about the aesthetic of this game in a similar way i was like is this good or is this good for a game and i don't know where i fall on that yet because other movies have done this tv has done this there's plenty of found footage shaky cam type stuff but I, as I was thinking on it more, I was almost like, I don't know if it matters whether it's good for a game or good in general, more that it's worth commending that a game went to these lengths to be ugly. Yeah, I mean, I think one of, yeah, that, that's what's kind of interesting about it is because if you saw this aesthetic in film, it would be one of two things. One being someone who actually has a shitty camera and is sure. is trying to document something which is almost a thing of the past because everyone's phone camera is now so much better than the camera yeah. that they used here that when you just see like random cell phone footage it looks better than this um yeah. but the the other possibility is kind of a director trying to do something edgy and i think if you saw a movie that looked like this you would probably think of it as something kind of like film studenty you know like oh they're really trying for a style and the the substance isn't quite there and they just want it to be stylish you know someone who wants has a pulp fiction poster and is like i'm (laughs) gonna make something raw you know i i think if you were to line this game up with similar media in terms of tone or just aesthetic it's probably kind of weak it's not necessarily the most unique look in the world but i think when you kind of strip that away which it's unfair to compare books and movies and video games to each other i guess like it is a unique video game and i think like that's worth celebrating and i think it also like I would have loved to have seen more games go for something like this. I completely know and understand why we never, <laughs> there are none like this. Yeah, you don't usually like uh, feeling like you're going to throw up while playing a game, but... Yeah, there's there's an interesting anecdote um, about a movie. I don't recommend anyone watch because it's about the foulest thing you could watch, but it's called August Underground, and it was shot on film um, in the early 2000s. It's just a torture gore film. Um, just to get it out of the way so people don't look it up and have to subject themselves to that. But there was an interesting story I read about how they made that movie, and they filmed it on tape, on VHS, 
and then thought it looked too good, so they pulled the film out and scratched it up to make the movie look worse, which is, like, interesting. It's kind of clever. This kind of feels like that. Like, there's fake... um, I don't know, artifacting in it? Yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's kind of... It's like, it's the digital version of film grain. You know, Mm -hmm. that they're not trying to make it look like it's shot on film. They're trying to make it look like... Yeah, there's there's kind of that, like... I don't know if chromatic aberration is the word, but, you know, like when the reds and blues and greens kind of separate. Um, and, And I think what, you know, what we're trying to get at here is, like, if you saw this in real life and it wasn't a director trying to do a thing, it would be accidental. And But we know, you know, from a game that it takes a lot of work to do this. Like, it's harder yeah. to make a camera look like this than a camera just look normal. And and there are some things that it, it, it's easy to get into the mode of excusing like faults of a game as intentional like oh it controls like shit because uh they want you to feel the character feels like shit and it's like yeah but it it does just control poorly and maybe if they kind of like honed those controls they could feel better this is intentionally (laughs) yeah fall guys called out um but but this is like on the case you know, this is, they're starting at something normal, because they, I'm sure they had a kind of functional, non-nauseating camera at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, sure. And then they're adding things on top of it to make it worse, and I don't think any game that controls like shit started out controlling well, and then they made it worse, you know, that just, like, unless it's, you know, unless it's getting over it or something, it just doesn't feel like that's how development happens, and so the fact that you can feel so much intentionality in in the aesthetic is what what I think we're both just finding very exciting here. And but intentionality in ugliness. Like Persona 5 has a lot of intentionality and it's, you know, every oh, sure. screen of that game is wowing you. Every screen of this game is is like poking you and saying, "Why don't you just look away?" Mm-hmm. Like don't look at this game. And that's what I find like I feel like I'm kind of a broken record here, but, like, that's what I find so cool about this game is because every video game on Earth is asking you to look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of... That's the draw of something like Ghost of Tsushima is seeing those vistas and that world. And this game, like, has the audacity to almost want you to always look away from it. And that's cool. Yeah, and it's also, I think it's indicative of the time, and also just that this is a weird project in many reasons, that this has money behind it. You know, it doesn't yeah. have a ton of money. We we would probably call it, like, double A or something. But, like, you know, there, there are plenty of indie games now that are oh, kind yeah. of this, like, uh, intentionally horrible, like, why don't you stop playing? But they were also probably made by one person on a pretty shoestring budget. And so the right. fact that, like, a big publisher would devote probably a dozen couple dozen million dollars to making something this gross is a big deal you know there's a reason why horror movies are are also like really low budget movies usually is because you're taking a risk and maybe it'll pay off and if it doesn't pay off you know whatever you didn't spend a lot of money on it it's like it you can't make a game like this 
easily. Like it's it's a lot of people's work and money and everything behind it. And so for a game like this to just be so gross is you know like I feel I feel like we should move on because we're just caught in a loop here. But hopefully know, what we're communicating is like it's worth playing this game just to see what it looks like because it's fucking wild. And and it's not it's hard for me to think of a game that feels like, oh, Kane and Lynch 2 walked so this could run. You know, it feels like an evolutionary path right. that was just, like, cut short. Well, think. I guess think about it this way. is like, you know, we, we both kind of brought up, if you watched a movie that looked like this, it'd be kind of maybe groan-worthy. But, like, games never got the chance to explore this space because... Kane and Lynch was the only one in the tr- double to triple A space willing to do it. I'm kind of thinking like Hotline Miami almost carries the torch in some ways from this game, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like games, IO Interactive did not influence Naughty Dog to put out something yeah, in a similar vein. That's what I'm saying is that it's so it's such an anomaly, you know, that it, yeah. it, you can't really put this game on a continuum because it's. It's hard to find, you know, I would love to talk to a game developer working somewhere else who's like, oh, Kane and Lynch 2, like, that game's the shit. I put that in a lot of my work. But from the outside, it's really hard to see what game that would have been. That's not something like Hotline Miami, and even that is super fun and upbeat, and, like, it's much more pleasant to play. You know, I go back and play Hotline Miami pretty frequently. I mean, fuck... Honestly, the only one post this game I can think of would be Hitman Absolution by IO Interactive, which does not have the same visual aesthetic, but makes you feel gross in very similar ways. That game almost feels sweaty. Right, <laughs> but, but that, you know, that one also, th- that game still does want you to feel cool, you know, and it's oh, just sure, like, sure, sure. It, it's one of those things where it's like they just so colossally missed what is cool <laughs> that it that it feels gross. But like, yeah, it's <laughs> I like that game. So okay, so so let's let's move on. So you you kind of you chase this thing. Um, you, well, you chase this man. You, <laughs> you chase you chase this man. Uh, you have a chase scene. Um, you get to the end. Does does he kill the Kane, woman? Kane, or no? accidentally shoot so he pulls this woman as like a human shield in the middle of a gunfight kane accidentally shoots him and then this game just goes for it with the next second like this scene fucking made my jaw hit the floor that they like did something this brutal and and remind me uh a man slits his own throat it is one of the so this game has my theory, and maybe I'm uh, projecting what happened to Manhunt 2 onto this game, is there's a lot of, um, what's that called when you blur something out? Like pixelation. Yeah. Um, well, there's like a word for it. Anyway. Um, Censorship. This... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, this game, if you like shoot someone in the head with a shotgun... It'll pixelate it out, like right. it's censoring it, like it's like you're watching this on fucking true TV. <laughs> live leaks, yeah. Oh well, no, live leaks won't censor that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, 
This game does a similar thing. I love it every time it happens. It happens occasionally in cutscenes. This is the first time you really see it. A guy slits his own throat, which just not even seeing it, just imagining it is really, really difficult to think about that happening. And this game just does it and it censors it out. And it's like even beyond the fact this game opens with a torture scene when it goes to that hardcore of a suicide. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. I This game is, like, really going for this. And I think it's a good chance to compare how the aesthetics of this influence the feel versus, like, another game. Because, like, I remember I've played Dead Space 2, like, a million times. Or maybe this is in one. Mm-hmm. I've played them both. And it's like, there's a, there's a scene, yeah, it's early in Dead Space 2 where where a dude also slits his own throat. He's like, oh, we're going to burn in hell for what we did to you, Isaac. And then he does it. But the thing is, because you're controlling the character and and Dead Space, to its credit, you know, like really keeps you in the universe and it doesn't do a ton of like cutscenes and it doesn't do weird camera stuff. You can just kind of walk around this guy and it's that thing in video games where you're just like, aiming at someone with your gun so you can get a better like angle on what's happening Mm. and it all feels so fake and scripted and in this it you know in contrast because of how just shaky the camera is and how chaotic everything feels and and the fact that it's like they're they're censoring it when this happens it feels organic and and you know kind of spontaneous in this really in in this way that other games don't necessarily you know everything feels so slapped together that like things feel genuinely unexpected here yeah that that moment is and then of course in kane and lynch to fashion like you're just out of that moment and yeah it's just like harshly harshly thrown into the next section of the game it's like and and what's interesting is I, I maybe this is intentional. The way the game shifts into the second mission almost makes you forget that that happened. Yeah, and it's like maybe Kane and Lynch kind of forgot it happened, and then that moment comes back for you later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume that's intentional. If not, what a coincidence that that worked out narratively. But like for me, I was like, once the game kept going. I forgot about that moment until you're forced to reckon with that moment a few missions later. Yeah, one of the interesting things that this game's story does is uh, it really, like, backgrounds itself, you know, in in this way that feels almost kind of, uh, like, with the characters where they're just, they're just going you know it's like they had a plan the plan goes awry in the first minute and a half and and after that they're just like reacting to things that have happened without really thinking about them that much and the way that it just moves you from like the previous mission to this one means you also don't think about it that much and you're like here's just the thing to do now and that that doesn't go well for for context Kane and Lynch don't know who the girl they killed is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the implication is the dude they're chasing, uh, I think, was just having sex with her when they barged into his apartment. They have no clue who this woman is. The The player has no clue. Uh, the only thing you know about the man uh, comes from Kane right before you barge into his apartment where he's just like hey, some small-time gangster. So, like, the game sets this up as a moment that should not matter. Mm-hmm. 
and then and, all and then <laughs> oops um so then uh you're on you're on kind of a highway with this dude named glazer who's this like kind of almost like a guy richie-esque character you know he's yeah. just like he's just a guy who's kind of telling you what to do um you have a shootout on on this highway. There are a couple things that I like. Sucks. <laughs> I there okay. So there are some gameplay improvements that I like here. Um, maybe it's not on the highway specifically, and it's not until you get into the parking garage. But they have a thing where you can now pick up like propane tanks or fire extinguishers or other things, and you can throw them and shoot them. It's very Very fun. It it, it feels more... We talked about how completely uncontrollable the grenades were in the last game. This feels Mm. slightly more controllable, and the explosions in this game are just nuts. Um, And so it's fun to do that. There's a scene where uh, two two motorcycles are driving at you and something that happened to me was i shot a dude off the motorcycle but the motorcycle like slid into me and killed me which i thought was just like a cool moment that's pretty cool and i go ahead i just don't like the part where you have to escort the limo to the exit ramp oh yeah that's i mean it's it's always kind of a bummer but something (laughs) something else actually that i really appreciate about this and and this game's you know kind of the the commitment it has to the aesthetic is because the camera is so crazy there are kind of set piece moments that happen in this that you can pretty completely miss because you were just like doing something else like i have i have this memory of like you're you're escorting the limo down and it starts driving and I turned away to, like, shoot a guy, and I heard this big crash and turned back and saw just the end of it getting, like, hit by a bus. You know, and it wasn't oh, like rolls. the game was like, hey, look at this thing getting hit by a bus. It just did it, and in kind of, you know, and it maybe a Half-Life 2-esque, like, cutscenes happening during gameplay thing. But it, it just, like, it's another way where it's, like, we're not going to make you look at every dollar we spent here. If you miss it, you miss it. And, and you just kind of figure out what happened in the chaos. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I really like the audio design of the parking garage just because it sounds like a real parking garage. It's very harsh and all those loud noises just echo and reverberate. Uh, this game, this level though does introduce the dogs in this game. They suck. They're like a one-hit kill. I hate those things. Mm. Uh, I got on Xbox. That's why I stopped playing a few weeks ago uh, before, and I my Xbox deleted it. Was wow! The dog so the, me too the dogs many. didn't only kill you; they killed your game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I they killed me too many times, so I walked away. And then when I got to that level on PC, uh, the dogs never triggered, so I was very happy. Oh, there that. you go. Um, and and let's see there's not much else in this there's the scene i think it's in this level that i really like where you're walking downstairs in a parking garage and you kick open one of the doors yeah and there's just like there's like nothing behind it and it kind of you're on like the second story and the door just falls off its hinges and it's just this like weird moment of like oh i i guess there was a building there at some point that got torn down but it's like it's so unexpected and such a cool little touch there's um from a writing standpoint i like that moment because everyone is very tense this group you're with glazer and like his bodyguards and kane and lynch because they're like why are we being attacked and so everyone is very on edge and all the like writing conveys that 
And then when that moment happens, you can almost hear a collective like sigh of relief from everyone mm-hmm. because they have to laugh because it's such a funny moment. It's like the, there's like it lasts all of two seconds, but it's a pretty well written moment to just like everyone be like, oh, let's enjoy a laugh for a second because that was funny. Yeah, it's such a good kind of representation of this thing of just like <laughs> men who who are working together and and don't like each other and don't have any interest in like learning anything about each other you know it, it, it's such a they're not it's not like they're an oceans 11 group where they each have personalities and they like bounce off each other or whatever they're just like four guys who are kind of thrown together and the only things they have to share are these kind of spontaneous little moments like this where you kick open a door and there's nothing on the other side and then they can all go like huh but no one ever asks like are you okay or like what are we doing now because there's just this weird tension of like you know upholding an an artifice and your your level of masculinity and all this other bullshit that they're working through yeah it's also funny that they never even try to pretend to like each other yeah lasers talking to kane in one scene and is like in the city great and kane's like no i hate it and then he's like yeah i know it's great you can get a massage and a shag for 50 cents or whatever and kane's like doesn't reply yeah they're just they're all just gross um and so then the next the next level is in a sweatshop more or less um yeah did that level feel I keep seeing things in this game where I'm like, it's wild they did that. And I cannot think of a single game that is like, we're going to put you in a sweatshop. Because, like, common sense would say maybe you shouldn't model and design a sweatshop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm trying to think of if I've seen others. And I guess also a it does bring up a a criticism that I have of this game, which is that, like... In the same interview that that um, Rasmus was talking about, the city turned inside out. Um, the the interviewer asked him, um, you know, did you think about like like why why kind of put it in in Shanghai? You know, like what yeah. was what was the meaning of the city? And his answer was kind of just like, well, you know, it's a foreign place, and so our characters are like put off balance a little. Um, Sure. And and I think there's more to it than that probably, but with the you know issues like like modeling a sweatshop, it's not that this game's saying it's it's good and it is really kind of interestingly crafted, but at the end, you know, the the takeaway is just like uh, it's an ugly world and they're ugly men and that's what they're fighting through. Yep. And and I don't know if if they should have, I, I can't imagine how this game would have effectively communicated something about sweatshops. You know, it just doesn't feel like it's even in its language to do something with subtlety. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if then it can just kind of use this as a backdrop if the only thing it's saying about it is like, ah, it's bad, you know? Yeah, because like, I feel like I actually forgot there was a level in a sweatshop until you brought it up. But there's a lot more levels that i found unique and interesting 
that also we don't have to have this kind of conversation around. Like the shootout in that restaurant, I really like that level. I think it's a really cool level. The sweatshop feels like it's there to be like, y'all have heard of these, right? Yep, yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, and I just, you know, I don't like. It certainly makes it look hellish, uh, but yeah, but like that's yeah, that's kind of where it starts and where it ends. Um, and so let's see, does any does any kind of interesting story stuff happen in this? Fuck yeah, you figure out who that girl is you killed, and it's the dude that owns fucking the Shanghai's girlfriend. <laughs> that's right. That's what happens. <laughs> the in this the level. story happens in this level. Basically, uh, you're going so. Glazer recognizes these people attacking the group as being men of this guy who owns, you know, part of Shanghai. He's like a mob boss. And he's like, let's go talk to him, figure out what's going on. Does he have beef with me? I'm not really sure. So you go through there. um, You kill everyone before you even talk to him, which is very weird. (laughs) Um, Finally, you find the guy and you're all like, hey, uh, why are your dudes trying to kill us super unchill and he's like oh these two guys the american guys they killed this dude's fucking girlfriend the other day so he's trying to get them killed so basically he's just like trying to finish a hit performed on kane and lynch kane is oblivious because he doesn't know what this is lynch with some grasp of the shanghai underworld is like you gotta be fucking shitting me, dude. Are you kidding me right now? We did what? And then it, you go on to find out he's like a corrupt politician, mm-hmm. um, which will influence the enemies later on because there are now crooked cops that are in his pocket that will come after it's, you. God, I I think Lynch is so compelling in this game. You know, the fact They're, that... Oh, like, my God, so, yeah. so in the first game, his character was kind of whipped dog- with the movie kind of schizophrenia where he just like goes crazy sometimes and in this i i just love that he's like he's like he's kind of a a weird dude who doesn't fit into society very well but he does have like a partner that we see in kind of the opening sizzle reel who's like oh you have a friend coming to town and also he just like you know, the fact that he knows what's happening and Kane doesn't is so interesting. That he's supposedly this kind of, like, crazy dude, but it's like, no, he knows what's up. And he's, like, wigged the fuck out. And Kane is like, yeah. tell me what's going on. I did not notice this detail until this level. But Lynch, and maybe he does it in the first one, um, I don't know. He mutters to himself a lot in this game. Like, psyching himself up, almost like a recent example would be Leon in Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, but in his own Kane way. I was playing it, and I was like, what the fuck is that sound? And finally, I realized it was Lynch counting over and over. Like, like it, as someone who suffers from OCD, I'm going to say he sounds like someone with OCD, because in the middle of a gunfight, he's just going... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven. And like talk I was like, what is happening? I don't know if I like it or not. It's interesting, but like it adds a little bit to his character. It's just kind of annoying while I'm trying to get through it. Well, and it does and it that. adds to just the the complete 
overwhelming nature of everything happening that yeah. not only do you have gunshots and explosions and whatever but also the guy you're playing as is just talking the whole time and it's yeah it's very funny and very like it's just kind of honestly, a weird moment when you realize it honestly maybe a slightly nuanced take on uh mental illness there to hear lynch kind of working through it because he's having like a as someone who's done similar things not in gunfights um he's kind of working through a mental breakdown i've done very similar repetitive vocalizations mm-hmm. Very, I, I don't know. Cool. Yeah, and that, I I like the fact that um unless I unless I forgot it, there's no scene where Kane's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And Lynch is like, "Oh, you know, when I count to ten, I think of my wife." You know, he just yeah. like it, it's just kind of left in the background for you to yeah, figure out. And maybe maybe it's incredibly unnuanced but it's almost like horseshoed back around to like almost meaningful it's nuanced if we never ask the developers and they never tell us otherwise (laughs) which is how i feel about a lot of games (laughs) Um, i take from them so so then we go we go to another one of these great uh interactions between two guys who aren't friends where there's just the chapter is called laying low and it just starts with them like eating ramen or you know eating noodles in a restaurant and and it's just like the scene only lasts for like a couple seconds but just seeing them both sitting there eating noodles is like so funny this cutscene is hilarious because it just shows them and because everything in this game is gross you're just hearing gross ass mouth noise and then <laughs> yeah. about one and a half seconds pass and then like 72 dudes burst through the window and the cutscene ends it's fucking hilarious yeah and so then and then you have the shootout um and this is where again like i i think the guns feel pretty good in this game it's interesting that it's like you're killing well kitted out dudes and so you get their guns and they feel different than the ones you were using before you know that you had these old like rattly ak's or whatever and now you have you know I don't know anything about guns, but like they silenced the silenced ARs yeah. that start in this level. They're really good. Yeah, and I also like the touch where when you shoot people, it shows little X's on their bodies. So yeah, that's cool. that's cool. And and like the shotguns feel pretty good. And when you shoot someone with a shotgun, a whole bunch of X's appear at once. Like it's like the pellets yeah. hitting them. It's cool. It's yeah. a it's a neat little touch. One thing we haven't really talked about are the the loading screens in this game, which typic which almost exclusively uh, feature Kane talking on the phone with someone. Oh, that's right. The first right. one the first one is is his girlfriend Shu, then Glazer, and then you start to hear Kane Lee. You never hear the person on the other end. You only I'm saying Kane, I meant Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynch is talking to his girlfriend Shu, Lynch is talking to Glazer, and you never hear the person on the other end. You only hear Lynch talking to them. And about I think it's this mission you hear Lynch call and he can't get a hold of his girlfriend, which this mission sets forward what happens later with that. But you you hear him leave a voicemail and be like, hey, call me back. And then he he's like, I fucked up really bad. And you realize he can't get a hold of her. 
Yeah. Just thought that was yeah, it's point, it's yeah. cool. I mean, it's it's kind of like the scenes in which you were downed in the first game and you would hear little flashes of like Kane's conversations with, you know, his wife being like, I can't believe you left us. Or, but like, this is just so much more interesting. You know, it's a better version mm-hmm. of that same concept. You also hear Lynch call his girlfriend baby, say I love you. Yeah. he gets, He's weirdly emotional in this game. No, it seems like, I mean, if Lynch was not like a you know genocidal murderer he would be a wife guy you know that that he would just like his wife would be the one who talks to people and does stuff and he would just like stand six inches away from her for the whole party you know like that's just his vibe i would i'm bummed we never got more lynch games Mm mm-hmm I would have explored his character further, seen where it went three, four games in. Yeah, I, he's really awesome in this game. He's he's cool. So so you you head out. Um, there's so you head out into the restaurant. And you head out onto the streets, and there are only a couple levels that are like really on the streets in this game, and I think they are all very cool. Um, they are awesome. It's like you've got. They have little. It's pretty much, you know, most of this game you are pretty much running down a hallway shooting people. You know, it's not, it's not uh, very complex from like a map perspective. But what I do like is that they have these little shops built into the corners, and so you can run down the yeah. street, or you can go kind of into like the video rental store, and you can see into the the restaurant across the street. There's a scene I think it's in this level where you shoot a propane tank in a building that's like full of propane tanks and it like it 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 almost looks like your game is crashing like it just breaks the screen so much those shootouts in the street are so cool because like shanghai is a very densely populated city and so when you hit a shootout in the street there are just people that were sitting in traffic now in their cars like, what the fuck is this? And people running around on the street. Occasionally the game breaks and just uh, NPC will walk slowly in front of you while you're in a shootout and just kind of stand there. Yeah, it's, you know, the the first game you could tell so much wanted to be Heat, you know, and wanted yeah. to be that kind of like cool shootout from Heat. And this does not feel nearly as much like it's trying for a specific, like to ape a specific movie or whatever. And what Mm. it lands on, I think, feels much more genuine and interesting in its own right. You know, that I can't Mm. I can't point to something and be like, this shootout feels like this. Uh, but it but it feels distinct and it's cool and I can remember it, you know, just from looking at a couple pictures being like, oh, this is how I felt when I was there. I th- bear with me here. I I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what this style reminded me of. What movie or something? The writing is kind of I could pull from a bunch of different places, but the visual style of this game I've been trying to figure out what it reminds me of. Is it just Bear with me. Live leak? I mean probably. I just looked it up. That came out the year before Kane and Lynch. <laughs> I wonder if they were genuinely inspired by not Live Leak. They weren't like Live Leak, so cool. But Live Leak and Ogrish and um, on the more on the periphery, things like Best Gore, kind of ushered in all that footage that existed on the internet into the mainstream and people really knowing about it. I wonder if the like the prevalence of that in the mainstream and being able to find that kind of content out there was like an actual influence on them. And if this game is kind of a statement on 
this being a commercial product, it using its violence that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think that this period in history is a really interesting time for filmed video. You know, that that mm. this is, you know, I don't know when, when the iPhone came out, but, like, the ability for everyone to film something and upload it relatively instantly is still fairly young. You know, that, that like, we can yeah. remember a time when that was not a thing. And so even if that, that happened, you know, a couple years previous to this, when they were making Canaan Lunch 1, they probably didn't have that much of that as a reference point. And the time difference just between Canaan Lunch 1 and Canaan Lunch 2 was probably enough for that sort of thing to go mainstream in the way you were talking yeah. about. And it is interesting, like, especially... I mean, live leak is it's and are is like a whole other beast. Do you want to like, do you want to explain what live leak is just for you know I don't I don't know who's listening to this, but it's, it's possible. A website that people can upload videos to, similar to like a break or of course YouTube, but live leak comes from a different part of the internet. I believe it has its roots in Augrish, which is a very similar website, but more of a shock website. Uh, but LiveLeak kind of is notorious for not censoring content on their website. So you can go and find things like footages of murders and violence and not like dark web stuff. It's usually stuff that like happened in a war, stuff like that. Yeah, but like, it's like, I, hey, do you want to watch a, a snuff film? You know, like. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and. You know, World Star uh, to a lesser extreme exists in a similar space where you know the iPhone comes out, World Star launches, and people start immediately uploading videos of violence, like mm -hmm. street fights. This stuff was very prevalent at this point and becoming very big at this point. And I mean, now that I think about it, like the famous AC one thirty mission in Modern Warfare one is like inspired by a live leak video. So I wonder if they were pulling from that kind of internet content at that point. I think, yeah, I think it's, you know, the, the idea of like the world isn't getting uglier necessarily, but we are able to see more of it and, and we're able yeah. to see more of the fringes and that's what's and, here. And there'll be people who consume it as a hobby. Yeah. And I think it's interesting if this game is trying to say something about that being a commercial product itself. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Um, so next, next in the story, uh, there's, there's a mission called coming home. Um, and what happens in this mission is you very briefly meet, uh, Kane's girlfriend or Lynch's girlfriend slash wife. Uh, and then the same thing happens to her as happens to every other woman in this franchise. <laughs> well, it takes a few moments. You meet her. She's about 10 feet away. Guys are rushing on both sides. You're shooting the hell out of them. She's hanging off the building at one point. That's true. I'm not really sure why. And then what happens to every other woman happens to her. Yeah. You know, the game, the game lets her live for a couple minutes. That's true. And she also doesn't seem... Uh, like the most annoying person of all time, which is the role that they cast Kane's wife and daughter in. And so yeah, yeah, she's yeah. she's a more sympathetic fridging, we can say. She we can say she's understandably distressed in this scene. You know, you don't get a mo you don't really get a moment to uh they don't characterize her much, but you do understand why she's not stoked currently when she's on screen. Is this also the level where uh Lynch 
holds a guy's face against like a hot stovetop. Yeah. That's some fucking that's yeah. some fucked up shit. That was in I saw that in the Raid Two, but that came out way after this. So uh, Raid Two, Copy and Kane and Lynch. Yeah, then that's another that's another example of them um, pixelating out the violence yes. on screen. Yeah, and, but you but you still have the sound, and the sound is real mm-hmm. gross. It actually took me a second to realize what was happening. I heard that sound. I was like, what is that? Because, you know, it's not showing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I put it together. And honestly, that that visual flair there almost makes those moments harder to watch because then your brain is filling in the blanks oh, totally. of the yeah. violence. Yeah, it's like, Very you know, there, no matter how gross something is, once you see it, it's like, oh, there, there it is, especially in a video game. But yeah. I've got unlimited imagina- imagination for how gross something is. And baby, you don't want to know how gross my brain can get. Uh, speaking of <laughs> gross, so so the next level is the last one we did, and and it is a we finally reached the flash forward in the that started the game with the torture scene. Mm-hmm. Remind me how they get here. So the scene opens with Kane basically waking up in like a dumpster. Right, but um, how does sorry how does he get like knocked out oh so there's a shootout the they have shoe hostage and kane's like dude lynch we're gonna save your girlfriend i got him in my sights one bullet i can take him down and then lynch is realizing there's like 30 dudes behind you all like they are cornered and kane doesn't understand this and lynch is like don't do it don't do it he's like just let me take the shot and lynch just knocks kane out and then the next scene plays, so I'm not really sure what happened to Lynch in that moment, but that's how Kane is incapacitated, and then there's like a brief, t- there's a time skip to yeah. after the first cut scene of the game. Yeah, and, and the time skip finds Lynch naked in a dumpster, just bleeding like a, like a stuck pig, except... I don't know how you stick a pig, but in this case, it's from a thousand little cuts all over his body. He looks like, he looks like he's, I don't know, like, what's the word? Flayed or something? Like, it's horrible. Like, it is. And the game, you have to look at it for so long. They spend spend the entire level. I mean, okay, so this is, this is the incredible thing about this game. Like, if I had to kind of sell the aesthetic in of this game in in one you know description it would be that they you wake up in the middle of a torture scene both of you you know in the process of being flayed and then you play through an entire level with your very close companion totally naked for the next like i don't know 15 minutes and and you got like little pixelation over your butt and crotch and like that's it oh no hold on they should they show butt oh that's okay they show butt they only don't show butt when uh you might see crotch yeah you so you wake up in this dumpster you go to find lynch who you can hear screaming and then you go to find kane who you can hear screaming and then lynch discovers shoe uh who I mean, like unrecognizable. It's yeah, so dead. Like <laughs> the dead most kid. dead. Um, also, then, you can you can also not find Kane in this scene. You can actually time yeah. out, which I did the first time, uh, and then he just dies. Yeah, it's very easy to get lost in this game. Um, I'm constantly getting lost in these levels and not fig- knowing where to go. 
Um, but when Kate, when Lynch finds Shu, in any other video game, what would happen here is you get to go on like rampage mode, like in GTA Five, where a character is clearly heartbroken or upset over something traumatic that happens. Then he, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, you know the thing that happens in in real life when you're really sad, so you get yeah. good at killing people. We all know the experience. It's, yeah, games love to do that. It'll go in slow motion, and then you just, like, machine gun 30 dudes down. And this game, like, hovers on that moment and doesn't put you in the combat immediately. And Kane is distraught in a way you don't see in video games. Because usually in video games, anger or sadness means murder. And in this game, it does too. But, like, it lingers on Kane's emotions for, like, five minutes and he's inconsolable. He's not, you know, he's he doesn't pull out his gun and rampage immediately. Like, he's truly broken. And it's, like, a very heart-wrenching, compelling scene. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it is still, it's hard for me to escape the kind of, like, the tropiness of the whole thing. But, I yeah, I appreciate that it's, like, again, in, in a game where you're playing, like, a, a shooty murder man... It is interesting that it, it it it's not it's not like pretty morning, you know. It's yeah. not it's not like oh, this is how you should react when a loved one dies, and and a tear rolls down your cheek, and then you emerge like more determined than ever. Like it's not that bullshit. It just seems like this this gross, ugly grief. Yeah, if this, you know, this game came in, out in 2010, so, you know, it looks a little dated, but if it came out in 2020, Naughty Dog would be working on it or something, and they'd be, uh, they'd be animating the most realistic snot bubbles ever running down his <laughs> face when he's crying. I feel like I played some game with snot. Oh, it's Death Stranding. At the end of Death Stranding, when I think it's like Die Hard Man oh, or yeah, something yeah, has yeah. like really realistic snot. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Yeah, I really like this moment. Like, I don't know. Video games are bad at grief. <laughs> uh, and this moment, like, sells it really well. Like, I don't know. If I was in that situation, like, I think... It's like... Have you ever been so sad you stop functioning? Like, you, you kind of... You know what I'm talking about? Like, you can reach a level of sad where, like, it's hard to even walk. Mm-hmm. Kane, like, Lynch goes there, and the game sells that. Like, he's not talking in, like, complete sentences. Like, he's just completely broken. Yeah, I mean, because you got the sense from, from you know, earlier in the game that, like, on, on his best of days, this dude barely has it together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, it's not like he was, like, high-functioning and then this happened. And so, so the fact that, like, kind of his one pillar of support is gone... It's like all all of the the little stuff that was going on with him is now suddenly big uncontrollable stuff. Yeah, and he really lays into Kane. He's like, "I had a life, and you showed up and fucked it up like everything." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, because Kane not redeemed by this game at all. If you didn't nope. like him in one, you're not gonna like him in two. Lynch, you will probably do a 180 on, but like Lynch is like, man. Of course, you fucking show up, and this is what happens to my life. Yeah. Um. So I guess Great later, level. later in this level, there's the scene, kind of still in the in the midst of grief, but they they both sit on the floor in this like 
dark TV store where it's like the TVs mm-hmm. are on, but all the other lights are off, and it's like the lens flare is just going nuts, and they are still naked and shiny with blood. And it's just like, it's so, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it deserves the term uh, homoerotic in any way, but like, it is weird that, that, you know, Kane, Kane is kind of trying to comfort Lynch in this way that he's clearly very unaccustomed to doing just like as a human being. And they're both just like, naked men sitting on the floor like it's just it's just such a like unusual scene you know that it's like there's there's nothing about this is marketable you can't be like hey buy this game because there's a scene where like a man sits on the floor naked and cries and another man awkwardly tries to like make him feel good enough that he can get up again you know that's not that's not appealing uh except to maybe people like you and i who love shit like this yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I got in a big fight with my friends the other day in a Slack group. While you were naked? Um, while I was naked, it flayed, bloodied. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend had just been murdered. <laughs> I'm here with this asshole I don't like. <laughs> That's you, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. No, I, feel like, <laughs> I know I'm the cane here. I, I was thinking about this the other day and got in a fight with my friends if about it and if you listen to game query i I recently dropped this take that i think in terms of media video games are the poorest storytellers out there and you said you said not not in terms of capability but just in terms of like the literal stories being told right now right yeah yeah yeah. like even the best games don't and i mainly mean triple a when i say that like the last of us two a game I like just fine. Doesn't hold a candle to movies I think are only okay. <laughs> um, anyway, this game f- it feels like something I've been missing in video games. Like, it's weird and gross and just goes for it, which is like usually the type of movies and books I like. They're weird and uncomfortable and ugly. And like, it sucks there's not more of this. And I just, like, I I was listening to episode two of, and we were talking about Kane and Lynch 1, and I was like, thank God this is only three hours. I think that's actually cool about the game. And with this one, I'm like, fuck, I wish it was a few more hours long. Like, I'm already bummed knowing I'm, I got, like, one sitting Nah, dude, left. it's like, perfect. It feels like it... it it simultaneously is opening and filling a hole I didn't know I ne- had in wow. video games. This is this like, is really high praise. Yeah, like, and, and I still think like it has a lot of flaws. It feels like shit to play, <laughs> but like I didn't know I was craving this kind of story from video games. So it's opening, it's filling that hole I didn't know I had, and now it's I'm like bummed. There's not more of it you know yeah uh i i will say just for the record probably not on board with your storytelling take about games but i do respect it (laughs) and it's fine it's fine only only the real cultured ones out there get on board with that take and this is how i'm weeding out my friend only only the people who spend their time watching bizarre (laughs) vhs torture porn will know this i didn't say i saw august underground oh okay I just said I know what it is. I own it on DVD. I'm not proud of that fact. Um, so that's 
that's the end of this level. You you fight through naked, um, and yeah. and ultimately you go find some clothes. Um, that's that's it. So so having played this one, I think I know the answer to this. But are you looking forward to playing the the second half of this game? And and what do you want to see from it? Either that you've already seen yeah. or that you haven't so far. I I am looking forward to it. I am really hoping it doesn't go off the rails. I've seen some things in trailers, I think, of basically Kane and Lynch hanging outside of a helicopter and they're blowing through a skyscraper or whatever. They're, like, shooting the floor. Out. You know what I'm talking about? I do. That kind of bumps me out. I don't know if I need that level of bombast from this because Kane and Lynch feels like a game trying to be ambitious you're jumping from california to tokyo and all these different places and this game is not it feels like it could take place in three different blocks and that's Mm -hmm. it like i like how like i don't want to say it doesn't feel ambitious but it does it's very it's very small you know it's telling a small story like the the things that happen in this won't really affect the lives of people other than exactly everyone who's just in the story and I really, really like that about this game. So it's like, oh, I know there's a level coming up with me fucking shooting through a skyscraper's windows and shit. I'm like, I hope it doesn't lean too much into that. Maybe if it does, I'll like it. But I've really just been enjoying like how this game exists in rooms mm-hmm. and alleys and not worlds almost. Um, so just more of that. And I appreciate any piece of media willing to go for it. And this game has gone for it in numerous times now in very disturbing ways. And I respect that. So I'm curious to see uh, if they front-loaded it with that kind of stuff or if we get more depraved as I am, we go. I am, yeah, I am interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, and and I've, I've finished it. I, I won't say anymore. I'm really, I'm really yeah. excited to get into it next time. But uh, for now, uh, that was the first half of... of Kane and Lynch 2 for the next episode. This is still a five-part series, but for the fourth episode, we are finishing Kane and Lynch 2 Dog Days. We'll be talking about the whole game. And then the fifth episode will be kind of a series retrospective where we'll we'll, we'll talk about what we've learned, uh, how we've changed along the way. Uh, you know, we'll rank our, our top favorite characters in Kane and Lynch, maybe. That's it. I can name two. Yeah, we're, no, we're going to rank them, I, baby. Because I played Kane and Lynch 2 earlier today, I can name like four characters right now. There's Kane, Lynch, Shu, and Glazer. That's right. Um, That's so so until then, uh, Blake, where can people find you on the internet and what you're doing? Metallica's red. I'm not tweeting. I'll tell you what you do. You go to YouTube.com. You go to MinMax Show. M-I-N-N-M-A-X. Two N's. You find ranking. Two N's. You find uh, we rank every Tony Hawk game ever made under the sun, except for the two we forgot to add to the list. Me and Leo Vader, we ranked every Tony Hawk. Uh, People already upset with me over this, so go watch it. See why uh, I'm correct and why Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 is a bad game. And uh, you get back to me about that. That's all I got to play today. Get back to him about that. Uh, And I'm (laughs) I'm Jacob Geller. I will probably have a video out by the time you're listening to this, uh, which is about writing about video games 
uh, Jacob Keller channel and I'm Jacob Keller on Twitter. Um, yeah, and and you know I think we said it pretty definitively. Don't play Kane and Lynch dead men. I think both of us are probably on the team. But like, hey man, check out Kane and Lynch two dog days. Even though you've heard us talking about it for an hour, there's like you're still gonna get something out of it. We can't convey yeah. the aesthetic of this game through words. Yeah, I had seen a lot of the cutscenes that I played through in this game, and even having done that. I still like felt like I got out a lot, a lot out of actually playing it. So yeah, I recommend it for sure. Don't buy it on Xbox One though. Can't trust those. Don't buy it on Xbox One. All right, uh, and that'll be it. See you, everyone. Thank you to Jeffrey Kieschlick, Jeremy Bull, JV Gwaltney, Jill Grote, and Kenneth Shepard for supporting Something Rotten at ten dollars and or above on Patreon. If you would like to support the show and get episodes early, you can do that at patreon.com slash Blake Hester.